¡Ay! ¡Ay! Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Hola. Actually, hola. not hola this time around. Just hello, because hello, uh, this is a... we are in the United States of, of America. America. Today, <laughs> yeah. So, hello. How are you over there? Hello. I'm good. I'm well. I'm, um... Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yes, agreed. Those are my yeah. sentiments exactly. Uh, yes. yes, I'm fine. That's how we're <laughs> feeling today. <laughs> I think we just got to jump right in. Let's I go. received an email from our dear friend, Ustina Bonilla, mm-hmm. who interviewed us for HorrorBuzz.com. Check out our little article that we were featured on, which was very mm-hmm. nice. And we had a lovely little interview with her. And she's so great and oh sweet and lovely. The best. And gave us so many fun um, options for our movies to do and whatever. But I don't think you got this email. Did you get this email about I don't movie? think so. Yeah, this one did not ring a bell for me. I think this just came to me. So, ah, Justina. Okay. You guys got your own group chat going. I see how it is. I see how <laughs> it is. Sorry about it. <laughs> the gals got to talk. Um, and you'll see why in a moment. But uh, Justina sent me an email saying, BT dubs, if you're into Pedro Pascal, which I believe we all know that, yes, I am. The, I feel uh, like the world is in general right now. Especially this very right moment. now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He is flourishing. He's doing great on with his TV shows, with his red carpets. Listen, he he is daddy. He is daddy. Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's zaddy. And I don't enjoy saying that, but for him, it works. I just like it when he says it. I love Me it. Me too. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just here to say I love you and yas. <laughs> when that <laughs> clip of him saying that, oh my God, it kills me. Anyway, so Justina's like, so Pedro Pascal is in this movie called Blood Sucking Bastards. I think you should do that. And I was like, this is a great, oh my God, wonder, what a wonderful way to finally bring him into our pod, right? And it really is. What a, what a great way to do it. Love it. Great way. And then she sent me another email, and she was like, by the way, Aries King Pedro Pascal's birthday is April 2nd. And so when this episode comes out, it'll be the day after his birthday. So this is a special Pedro Pascal birthday episode. Happy birthday, Daddy. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're doing blood sucking bastards uh today i will preface this by saying justina te quiero mucho but i did not enjoy this movie very much well i mean i don't know did she specifically mention that she was a big fan of this film yeah say like this is a great film it was specifically Pedro Pascal is in this film. Justina's suggestions are very, very helpful in that, like, 
it's to it's to shine a light on the fact that in movies we know and love, or like even movies from the United States of America, there are there is actual Latin ex Latina talent in there that you might not realize. I mean, honestly, I would say this movie if I didn't know who Pedro Pascal was, I'd be like otro otro gringo, you know. I'd just be like any other fucking dude. Pero no. This no. is a Chilean-born man, so I really appreciate it. And, you know, we don't know that she is, like, a massive fan of this movie. So I appreciate the suggestion. If you are Houthina, I uh, I apologize now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, well, then join me in ripping this thing to shreds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not true. It's not that bad, but it is... no. It is a horror comedy. It's not low budge, but it's obviously not mega budge. Um, mm-hmm. It has its moments. Anyways, it has its moments, and we'll find them in this episode. Yes. Um, but before we do, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Mm-hmm. And before we get our synopsis of this film, <laughs> let me give you some titulos de terror. Ooh, the smile on your face is, I'm very, I'm very excited to hear what you found. What, what do you so got for me today? usually when we do U.S. films, we just do the movie right. in yeah. what they call it in Latin American countries. So I swiftly went to IMDb where they have the section that says this is called this in all the other countries. And they did not list any Latin American countries. Oh, It's just literally like Russia, Australia. Canada, blood-sucking bastards. Great, okay. So I chose to give some titles of my own. Oh, a first uh, here on the pod. Great, I love this. So I believe that if Latin America had this film being showcased, any of our Spanish-speaking countries, Mm -hmm. it would be called Bastardos Chupasangres. Perfect, yes. Right. And in Portuguese, I played a little bit with it and I was like, esses chupa sangres desgraçados. I love it. Put it on IMDb. Come on, this IMDb. Instant, now. Right now. I love it. Um, so that's our titulos de terror. What a goofy thing to do. And um, <laughs> let's hear the synopsis for blood sucking bastards. Wait, what was it called? Bastardos Chupasangres? <laughs> Bastardos Chupasangres. Okay, here is the synopsis from IMDb. Put it on fucking IMDb for Bastardos Chupasangres. <laughs> A down-on-his-luck cubicle worker and his slacker best friend discover their new boss is a vampire who is turning their co-workers into the undead. Oh, boy. Ooh. Okay, so this movie came out in 2015. It's written by Ryan Mitz and Dr. God, who we will discuss in trivia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just so just so everybody's not wondering, like, who the fuck is Dr. God? Dr. God is a, a comedy group, um, and we'll talk about them in just a bit. I just got to uh, just add here very swiftly, the moment Dr. God popped up in the credits, I was like, this bothers me. And I didn't also know me. why. Also I was me. like, Dr. God. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because I genuinely, because I obviously I watched it twice. And the first time I saw that, I was like, huh? Oh, Ooh. I don't like the way that lands in my body. Right? I don't know <laughs> what it was. I was just like, I already feel douche vibes. And I <laughs> like, we yeah. haven't even seen our like our main character yet. 
And yeah. I get it. That's me being a little judgmental. Pero, pero, pero. <laughs> That's me being a little judgmental. But hey, this is my, pero. this is our fucking podcast. So, you know. Yeah. This, so. is what, this, is, this is the deal. Those are my valid feelings, everybody. <laughs> so written by Ryan Mitz and Dr. God and directed by Brian James O'Connell. Here we go. Uh, let's talk to these chupa sangres desgraçados. <laughs> Our movie opens with some credits over a bunch of close-ups of things like office supplies and uh, other objects and also people. Mm. And they're all being photocopied, it seems. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, And also all these people and objects are will be seen later on in, the, sure. in our movie. Kelly Clarkson tickets. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this dance pop song is so 2015. I can hardly take it. So 2015. Yeah. So it's like this like goosh, goosh, goosh kind of music. It's very like, I love it. Which I love, but you know, I was like, wow, this is Iconopop basically. Yeah, it's a it's a poor man's Iconopop. So yeah, so it's all this like stuff getting photocopied. We cut to Tim. He's staring at something in shock. And he says, well, this is pretty much the grossest thing I've ever seen. And right off the bat, I just want to say, mm. I, I need you, Johnny, on your computer right now yes. to Google the name Chloe Feynman. Chloe Feynman doing it right now. While you look, Chloe Feynman, everybody, is one of the actors in Saturday Night Live. Are you saying this is doppelganger? When I tell you, (laughs) I could not get it out of my head. I was like, this is just Chloe Feynman with a mustache on. (laughs) Great mustache, Chloe, by the way. He's got a great mustache. Chloe, Um, you look amazing. I, you know, I agree. Yeah, that is a, that is a close Close resemblance to the point um, where I was like, "Are they siblings?" <laughs> right. <laughs> For me, this moment, I was like, "The moment, Chloe Feynman. What is this character's name? What is the Tim? character's name?" It Tim. might have to be Chloe Feynman. Yeah, for I wrote mustache the whole time because he's got yeah. this great mustache. But I was like, "If you're telling me this is the grossest fucking thing you've ever seen, it better be gross. We yeah. better get a good reveal." We shall see, everybody. We shall see. We shall see. Also, this guy, Tim, Chloe Feynman, uh, <laughs> he <laughs> he is in Cabin Fever, everybody. Right? Sure. Yeah. So enjoy that tidbit. Yeah. There you go. Some early trivia. <laughs> yeah. We get an intertitle that says, two days earlier. And now we see Tim, Chloe Feynman, at his desk on a call with one of those like Madonna mics that office mm-hmm. people do, like um, mm-hmm. what are they called? A uh, telemarketer Tele- kind of vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he's trying to convince person on the a person on the line to buy whatever it is that he's selling. But the camera shows that he's actually on his computer, not using it for sales, but playing a zombie video game. Did you notice that in this video game, the weapon that the person is using is a dildo? A dildo. <laughs> a dildo. Yeah, I did. And I thought yet again, I was like, oh, boy, uh, we uh, were in for it. <laughs> uh. I mean, I 
this is gonna sound judgmental, but it's such a straight boy movie. Honey, <laughs> I mean, let's just say it now. Straight white boy yes, movie. Straight wise white cis boy movie. Ooh, and like you better just get it in your head right at the top that this is what you're in for. Yeah. You know? And like I said, there were genuinely moments where I laughed, but mm-hmm. this is me also being judgmental, which, I, you know what? I don't fucking care. I was judgmental. No. Like, I was like, I don't find your comedy that funny, y'all. Like, I, I'm just tired of this fucking... Like, at this point, this you know, it's 2015, so it's like, it's homophobic, but it's not that homophobic. Oh, and it's dude. misogynistic and sexist, but like, but we're like, but it's not that misogynistic and, and sexist. And I'm just like, ugh, do better. Do just better. Fucking do better. Yeah. Whatever. So, anyways, this zombie game has a dildo in it, and you're just like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a weaponized dildo. I'm like, okay, I'll chuckle sure, at that. Sure, whatever. whatever. Yeah. So, he pauses this call that he's on while he's playing this video game to curse out the guy behind him and his. I'm I'm calling this the cubicle semicircle. They're next to each other, but they form a semicircle. It's like, it's like a cubicle cul-de-sac. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> cubicle cul-de-sac. Perfect. And so Tim is giving him the finger because I get because it's also like this game is, I guess, Call of Duty vibes where you're playing with other people there right, around sure. you. So in comes Evan. Evan is the manager, basically, in this section. And he asks Tim if him and his team have put together the numbers for Friday's presentation yet. And the presentation is for something called the Phallusite. <laughs> Phallusite. Phallusite? Phallusite. I think it's Phallusite. Oh, look at me laughing at this movie now. Look at me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, no. you hear it the oh first God. time and you're like, Phallusite. Phallusite. Okay. And we're like... We're three minutes in, but yeah, you know, now exactly. that now Eileen's retelling with you telling it to me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> hilarious, hilarious, <laughs> phallocyte, phallocyte, which, as the name implies, it's a natural male enhancement product. Natural, who natural, knows? whatever. And Tim, who doesn't give half a shit about this job or anything, really, he's like, does this phallocyte actually work? Mm-hmm. And one of their other co-workers in this cubicle cul-de-sac, Andrew, he pipes up and he's like, oh, dude, it totally works. <laughs> and Tim replies, <laughs> but doesn't it turn your junk green? And Andrew swiftly replies, still works. Oh, and boy. And you're just like, of course. Here we are. And Evan, again, who's their superior but obviously, like, their pal, too. Yes. It's the kind mm-hmm. of boss that, like, I'm your friend. It's You're we're not even boss. We're all bros here. We're yeah, all we're bro bros. pals. Yeah. He says it doesn't matter if phallocyte actually works as long as the numbers are good, because that way, if these numbers are good, he can finally remove the acting, quote unquote, in his title of acting sales manager. Mm. So Tim assures Evan, yeah, dude, I'm fucking on it, bro. Don't fucking worry about it. And literally turns back around right to his video game. And when he gets killed by another coworker, 
Mike, who is the guy before that he was giving the finger to. And Mike turns around and says, boom, tagged your ass, pussy. So basically, we're establishing (laughs) here. That sigh. Uh. We're basically establishing here that Evan is maybe a little too nice at his job. Yeah. Also, just want to mention that Evan, who that's the quote unquote acting sales manager, whatever. That's the dude. Evan is like the main dude. Yeah. So since we're giving trivia about other movies, these people have been in. This is Fran Kranz, Fran Kranz. I'm not quite sure. Fran Kranz. Fran Kranz from um, Cabin in the Woods, which is a movie I fucking love. And, I, you know, he's very funny in that movie. So just a little shout out. Good movie. That was a good movie. He was the nerd in that movie. Yes, Yes. He's like the stoner nerd. Yeah. Stoner nerd. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Fran Kranz. Fran Kranz. <laughs> <laughs> A little while later in our same cubicle cul-de-sac, Mike and Andrew are shooting tiny paper balls into the hair of their unsuspecting co-worker, Elaine, who is... No. <laughs> no to this. She's got her back to them. She can't even feel the little bolitas landing in her hair. She's plus size. She's a redhead. Like, obviously, like, we don't really get to know everyone in the office, only mm-hmm. specifically these mm-hmm. dudes and, like, references here and there of people. These are the douche nozzes that I'd have. If I had to work Ugh. with people like this, I would blow my fucking brains out. Look, I, okay, just to reveal a little bit about my high school life, pero when I lived in Bolivia, there was a kid named, I'm not going to name him, whatever, he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> wow. Say this is how I, st- Say I still feel. Name. I still feel this way, like, that was a long fucking time ago, pero this shit, who is in a grade below me, maybe uh. even two, he used to throw little piedritas at me like little stones went like sitting from behind and i just had to kind of ignore him you know because i was scared i was like you know i just i didn't want to like get in a fight or get into trouble so watching these douche bros throw little pieces of paper at elaine really bothered me where i was just like no let's just not fucking do this like it's just not funny y'all it's just not funny you're 30 year old men do you want me to like these characters or hate them? Because you're clearly trying to make me really dislike it. I, I just call me like maybe I got to fucking stick up my ass. I don't care. Like this is just not fucking funny. Ugh, whatever. Totally. <laughs> I'm pissed, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Johnny said, oh, yeah, this movie's fine. And then literally is ablaze with anger. So like bringing up past trauma from my high school days. <laughs> Jesus. How dare this movie make me reminisce about that shit? Feel my feelings? Jesus. Yeah. So these fucking jackasses are like throwing shit at Elaine's hair. When a new intern is brought in, this is Jack. And he asks these two douche nozzes, Andrew and Mike, where Evan is. But they're, to him now, super dismissive and only, like, focus on this paper-throwing game that they have. So they say, you'll know when Evan is around because he's probably going to ask you to start doing some shit. So just wait, basically. Mm-hmm. And Mike says, well, you know what you can do? You can take that bag of garbage downstairs to the trash in the dumpsters because the janitor is not around and his time is valuable is what he says. 
and poor Jack the intern begrudgingly does so. Downstairs in the dumpster, I believe this is a parking lot area where the dumpsters also are at. So Mm -hmm. downstairs in this parking lot area, Jack the intern walks through and it's dark and spooky and he hears like clangs and bangs and noises everywhere and he looks around bing bang bong ding dang dong uk (laughs) hun (laughs) what is that (laughs) you don't know from drag race uk no i haven't watched it ding Uh, dang dong sing sang song ding dang dong (laughs) uk hun i'm gonna show it to you when i see it yeah send it to me send it to me so he starts to quicken his step because he's afraid a boo a flashlight to his face. Identify yourself, soldier. This is Frank, the security guard who takes his job a little too seriously, like it's an army job. Jack introduces himself and he says he's just taken out the trash. And Frank asks him, don't we have a janitor for that? And boo, we do. Ah, this moment made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> this was my... Favorite part of this entire film, honestly. <laughs> like, literally, what's this What's this intern's name? Jeff? Jack. Jack. Jack, the intern. Like, the minute the janitor's like, yeah, we do have it. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> The scream he screams was very I, funny. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious that I had to, I rewound this part several yeah. times because it genuinely <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah. This Okay, this was funny. I'll give it to this part. Yeah, good job, Jack, the intern. <laughs> But the guy that says we do is the janitor. And this is Jerry. So Frank and Jerry, after like scaring poor Jack, the intern, they leave him to dump the garbage when suddenly someone comes up behind Jack and smashes his head on the dumpster once, twice. And he falls to the floor. He looks up bleeding from his head and he screams. And we see. Ah! T- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and we see Tim, Chloe Feynman, sitting in his car in the parking lot, not far from the dumpster. Literally, we see the dumpster behind him shaking as Jack is being murdered in it. Mm-hmm. And Tim is eating a sandwich calmly, coolly, and RIP Jack. You're the best. <laughs> over in the break room we meet dave the office nerd who collects cash from like sports pools that offices do and this one that he's collecting from is the ncaa pool and all the co-workers coming in to like hang out of the break room he's asking them for their 20 bucks and the people that come in are evan andrew mike and tim chloe Feynman. Dave keeps talking about his cat and how it has a cleft palate and how he's allergic to some types of air. And uh, <laughs> that made me laugh, too. And after being told to fuck off by Mike, Dave leaves and Evan reprimands the remaining three that stay over his pals, basically, for not working on the phallocyte presentation when Amanda comes in. And Amanda is the head of HR. The boys all seem very familiar with her and playful with her as they say hello. Ooh, hey, girl. Oh, you may be the head of HR, but you're looking sexy. And she seems. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. 
It's just to show like comfort between them, I think. But also, I'm head of HR. <laughs> yeah, dude, don't fucking talk to me that way. At least not in the office. What the fuck? Yeah, what we the may be hell? pals, but like, yeah. you can't do Wait that. Wait for like after work at the fucking at happy hour or something. Yeah, bro, chill. But still, she's she's like, haha, hey guys, what's up? But she's yeah. very cool. And she heads over to the photocopier when Evan asks her, uh, Mandy, which is what he calls her, uh, Mandy, could we talk? But she turns to look at him an icy cold stare and mm. says, don't call me Mandy. Oop. Mm. And all the boys immediately are like, and I oop? Like, what <laughs> the hell? Another drag race reference. I'm going to try and be super drag race gay lingo in this so that I we can it. counterbalance yes. all the fucking straight boy shit. <laughs> so she, the boys are like, and I oop. Uh, and Evan asks if they can talk privately, but Mandy asks why. This is a corporate break room, and we just have a business relationship, so whatever you have to say to me, you can say in front of our business associates. And it's all very sassy and snappy, like, something's under here. And it's incredibly awkward and uncomfortable, and then she leaves. The three dummies that are there and Evan are like, ooh, buddy, that was rough. What the fuck was that all about? And Evan says, listen, I'm, I don't want to talk about it. And Tim, <laughs> oh, no, I wrote here. And Chloe Feynman, disguised as Tom Selleck, says, I know. <laughs> yeah. She says, or he says, I know what happened. And he spills the piping hot tea, mama, for your boots, the house down gag. <laughs> What's the tea? What's the tea? <laughs> and here's the tea. We get a flashback. Evan and Amanda sit on a couch watching television. She lifts her head from his shoulder and she looks at Evan and she says, I love you. And Evan looks at her and says, no. <laughs> Which, listen, <laughs> I have said I love you and received a not great respond back response back. Mm -hmm. That shit ain't cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. It fucking mm -hmm. sucks. That's, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so we cut back to the boys being like, you literally could have said anything else other than that you could have yelled fire you could have called her a bitch you could have spoken in tongues and evan stops them and says listen yes i know i screwed up i really screwed up it just kind of came out and the boys all agree that he screwed up especially because she is the coolest girl ever mm -hmm. shitty douchebag mike says it, it's like she's a dude it's like you're dating a dude and i was like yeah and then there's a whole bunch of jokes about dicks and like feminine dicks and like men with vaginas. And I was like, I mean, this movie, as they were making it, I can imagine that they would have been like, this will probably age really poorly. But damn, did this section of what's this dude's name? Mike saying all Mike. this shit. I was yeah. like, whoa, this aged poorly. poorly. I actually thought for a moment, I mean, had this character been in this movie for longer spoiler alert um mm -hmm. i was like maybe we'll have like a gay storyline in here where he's actually like into dudes no no that's not no, no that's not the case no no, no not at all <laughs> oh boy 
Now we're at reception. And Andrew is creepily chatting with the receptionist, Zabeth. A Latina. Hey. So it's not just Pedro Pascal up in here. We got two Latinos hey. in this film. We find them. Welcome. 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 We need you here, <laughs> sweet <laughs> we, Zabeth. Yeah, we, we desperately do. Although this fucking scene, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, bro. So Andrew invites her to get some margaritas. The way he says it, I wanted to <laughs> kick the television. And I don't even have a television. <laughs> I have a projector. Man. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, she responds by saying, that is so offensive to me. And he's like, why? It's not even racist. And she's like, no, I like margaritas. I'm just offended that you'd think I'd date you, which I was like, boom, bam, bam. and bam, snap, as we say in this film, (laughs) bam, snap. (laughs) I will say, though, like uh, this fucking just to like talk about this little moment for a moment, I have been around, you know, I will specifically call out. (laughs) i can't find my baby but um i have been i'm gonna call them out specifically like straight cis white men who when i mention like um the fact that i'm latino or like the podcast or like this first of all it's incredible to me how people are like hey you should talk about like um you should cover like the amityville horror and i'm like how many times have I fucking told you all that this is a Latinx motherfucking podcast? <laughs> it's incredible. Does this happen to you? Does yeah. this happen to you? Every time. Totally. People are like, oh, cover this fucking thing. And I'm like, maybe someday. No. <laughs> no. But this happens where like people will come up and be like, hey, how about we get some margaritas? Or like, I've literally had people uh. be like, oh, you're Latino. Ay, ay, ay. And I'm just like. How do you not know to, like, not fucking do this shit? Man. It's happened to me in bed with dudes. No, please don't say that to me. (laughs) Girl. It is. Oh, my God. Oh, I, 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 when I tell you, it is, (laughs) the, the, you could not dry me up faster. <laughs> I mean, the, the like peak vulnerability, and you're gonna yeah. be like, "I yeah." What do you do? <laughs> Run naked, screaming from the roof? It's what I wanted to do. <laughs> oh man! <sighs> Look, I get it. We're all learning. We're all trying to do better. But right. I was just like, some of the things I'm just like, wow, shocked yeah. to still hear some of this fucking sweet, shit. sweet friends that are not Latine. Don't say that shit. Please. I mean, I fucking love margaritas, though. I fucking love margaritas. Are you fucking kidding me? Who are you fucking talking to? But still, just don't. If you feel the need to, like, put on any kind of accent when saying Say it in your brain first. Yes. And then, like, and then see how you feel. And then decide not to. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Andrew gets fucking <laughs> Andrew gets roasted by Zabeth, and Evan walks in looking for Andrew, and immediately Zabeth changes completely. She's super smiley. She's like giving Evan los ojos big time. She is might as well be batting them eyelashes. 
And she a little too excitedly tells him, oh, I found out that you and Amanda broke up because Amanda sent the whole entire office a memo letting people know. Uh, That's not a very good like HR executive or whatever. Like, why? Okay, whatever. Sure. Don't send memos about your personal shit, bro. No, absolutely not. Can I also (laughs) say quickly, like, is Zabeth supposed to be like nerdy? Because this woman is gorge. She they they get her dressed up very plain Jane. Mousy, maybe. Mousy. Uh, okay. Absolutely. I was just like, I'm confused because yeah. she's, you know, a stunner. So I was just like, like what? El pelo, the hair is like flat and like yeah, she's wearing yeah, a little yeah. cardigan. She's very demure kind of thing. Sure. And also like the when Evan approaches, she's like, Oh, um, uh, uh, uh Yeah. Uh, uh. Clearly so super into him. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't he's not reciprocating. Okay, right, okay, exactly. Exactly. So as Evan walks back to the office main floor, he's stopped by his boss, Ted. And Ted asks him how the presentation for phallus, penis, whatever, (laughs) phallusite is, is coming along. Phallus, uh, penis. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's the thing. They really need this account. They really need this to work. Sales are really bad. And this could save their asses. And also... Ted is going to make a big announcement about the next phase of their company's future. And Ted wants to make sure that Evan is going to be a team player. And Evan assures him, yes, Ted, absolutely. So Ted fist bumps his shoulder and says, my office, 10 minutes. And heads off into his office as Evan stays behind in front of his own office, Who's the door is labeled sales manager with one of those like little plaques. And then above it is a a piece of tape that says acting on Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But Evan, after this conversation with Ted, he's feeling confident. He's like, oh, shit, I'm getting a promo big time. So he grabs that piece of tape and he rips it off. Ten minutes later, in Ted's office, the entire department is in this meeting in his office. And he says, guys, if we don't have some improvements, there will be layoffs. So it's time for a change. Corporate thinks it's time for a real sales manager again. And we see Evan feeling like kind of smug about himself. He's sitting there like preparing for something. And Ted says, I'm proud to announce our new sales manager, Max Phillips. And in comes the man, the myth, the legend, Mando himself, (laughs) Pedro Pascal. Daddy. (laughs) A baby, too. I will say this. I, you know, obviously the world is insane over Pedro Pascal right now. And there's so much different content of people making, like, compilations of him. Yes. And I'm personally... A Joel slash Mando Pedro Pascal lover. Sure. I think I thought he was great in Game of Thrones. He's a little too slim for me in those days. Oh, oh, sure. He's more, you know, he's older now, so he's a little bit more like weathered, which if you I will. rugged. Love. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I prefer. I prefer yeah. him on the on the edgier side rather than smooth, freshly shaved and all that shit. Like mm, mm-hmm. clean cut Pedro. It can be very beautiful, 
pero a mí me gusta medio sucio, Give medio me medio, yeah. Maybe like it's been a long day, you know, you're a little yeah. stinky, but yeah. I'm really into it kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Ooh. He is baby faced here though. These are oh, some baby smooth cheeks. Face. Smooth yeah. cheeks. Still looks great. He's wearing a ah. suit and very oh my god. So Pedro plays Max Phillips. And Max Phillips is confident. He's pointing at everybody in this meeting, smiling, winking, very like, hey, hey, I'm your new guy here. What's up? Power moves all the way, right? And Tim, quietly in the back, he's like, oh, no, not Max Phillips. Evan and I went to college with Max. It's a long story. Cut to a flashback where Max says, hey, Evan. And Evan says, sup? And then punch. And then that's the end of the story. <laughs> that's it. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Come back to the office and Andrew and Mike are like, uh, that wasn't a long story. And Tim says, oh, well, also, Max slept with Evan's girlfriend. So Evan had Max kicked out of college for cheating, which I, I after I watched it the second time, I was like, that's a dick move, dude. To get somebody kicked out of college? To get somebody kicked out of college for sleeping with your girlfriend? I didn't think about that, but I agree. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, yeah. I'm so sorry, but like to, to get me fucking kicked out of college? College. Yeah, that is a dick move. Agreed. That's shitty. I agree. Yeah. Mm. So Max addresses the office. Question. What do we sell here? And then everybody's like, shake weights, power mustaches. The Abinatrix. I was like, what is going on here? And he says, no, we sell dreams. Sales is seduction. If you want to sell to a bored housewife in Iowa, you got to feed their dreams. Convince them that their lives can transcend the pointless slog of being human. Sink hmm. your teeth into their poor, pathetic lives and give them life. Which this is all very telling um, language, if you will. Yeah, and I will say Pedro is good. He's good here. Commanding. And he says, our goal for this month is $1 million in sales. And if you guys don't achieve this goal, and he puts his arm around Ted and he's like, we'll kill all of you. Which everyone's like, ha, 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 okay, ha, ha. <laughs> and he also laughs, so everybody's like, oh, what a funny joke by our new sales manager. And uh, guys. Yeah. Throughout this monologue, though, that Pedro Max is giving, Evan is baffled. He is like, eyes are plates. He is like, what the fuck is going on here on this day? What the fuck mm -hmm. is going on here on this day, Alyssa <laughs> Edwards? I had to do another a reference. Thing. Yes. Yeah. So after this meeting, Evan goes to meet with Ted. What the fuck, Ted? What the fuck and is Ted, going on here on this what day? The, what the fuck is going on here on this day? And Ted says, well, that job wasn't never guaranteed to you, buddy. Also, Max has an MBA in this like managing thing, and he has great ideas for new hires. And he tells Evan, listen, I hope that this won't be a problem, you working under Max. And either way, Max is very good at his job. And like he's like, listen, you're necessary here. We need you in the office. But sorry, not sorry. Max is the sales manager. And he guides him swiftly out of his office. 
over at Evan's office, Max is fully taking over. He sits at his desk across from him. We see that Amanda is there and she's delivering employee files to him. And he tells her that he knows that Evan and her have a history and that she cares a lot for him. And she's about to argue about how this is inappropriate talk for (laughs) this time. But he leans into the table close to her and he kind of like does a thing with his hand. Like he kind of points at her with his hand. And he says that after he settles in that maybe they can make some time to get to know each other. And this like shifts in her face and body. And she's like, yeah, that sounds nice. When right right before she was ready to have a fight with him about inappropriateness. So it seems as though there's some hypnotizing kind of some hypnotization going on. on. Hypnotization. Hypnotization. (laughs) (laughs) And just at this moment, Evan walks into his office. Well, his Max's office now, finding out that it's been taken over. Amanda leaves and she goes following the janitor who's taking a box of Evan's stuff over to the cubicle cul-de-sac. Max grabs Evan and gives him a strong, big, powerful, um, I'd also say power, alpha. I was going to say power asserting, but alpha is the word. Again, I I hate to use that word, but it's like an I'm the alpha here hug. Correct. And he hugs him and acknowledging their fallout. But Max says to him, don't worry, Evan, it's all water under the bridge. And he gently pushes Evan out of his old office. It's after hours. And Mike is at the office still. And he's playing a video game, beating a random kid on like the... (laughs) (laughs) Not not punching a kid, but beating a kid in a video game, a zombie video game. Another one, not the dildo one. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's yelling at this kid into his Madonna mic being like, oh, you just got fucking beat by a grown ass adult with a big ass dick. And I was like, whoa, dude, no, this is why I don't play multiplayer games on the Internet, because I'm afraid of both youth and older men to be like, go to the kitchen and get me a sandwich, bitch. And kind Fuck of shit. You. <laughs> yeah, that, no, 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 not, no, not no, inviting no. that kind of energy into our lives. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm happy to play my Luigi's mansion three by myself. Yeah. Ha- <laughs> happy as can be. <laughs> so as he's yelling at this fucking kid on his Madonna, mic, de repente, he hears something. And he's looking around, looking around, pero no hay nada. He plays a little bit more cuando, hey, and it's fucking Janitor Jerry standing in the fucking corner, looking pretty pale, it seems. Mm, Okay. He tells Mike, office hours are over, and Mike says, yeah, well, high-speed internet is free here, and Elaine (laughs) Elaine left her soup plantation in the fridge, so he's staying. He also says... That he's gonna he's gonna put on some uges and bust out some knuckle children. And I was oh! like <laughs> Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, 
<laughs> Ay, Dios mío. So he's going to watch some huges and bust Eileen out. is pinching her, like, just like the tip of her nose right here, or like in between the eyebrows, just so frustrated. I wish you could all see her right now. <laughs> He's uh, going to turn huges. on some huges and bust out some knuckle children. That is the most, Woo! I think it's, I don't think I've ever heard that before, before this movie. Not once in my life. This is the, this movie was the moment. Yeah. I hope yeah. it is the last. Agreed. Knuckle children. Oof. We. So Jerry, wisely, after hearing this man say he's going to fucking jerk off all over the fucking work computers, gross. Uh, and steal Elaine's soup. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jerry's like, you know what? I'm going to go take a smoke break. So he fucks off. <laughs> But Mike keeps hearing things in the office and he keeps looking around and there's no one in particular. So he's like, you know what? Hey, out there, whoever's out here, I'm going to go take a dump. And if you want to take something from the office, you know, I'll take a long time there. So go for it. Cut to the bathroom. And Mike sits on the toilet nervously, but he pulls out his phone to play more games on that. Cuando de repente, goosh. Se va la luz. A bang on his stall wall. Another bang. I'll tell you, the one time I jumped was at this moment. Yeah, yeah, little jump. Yeah. Mike looks up and he sees something that we can't, and suddenly he tries to escape under the stall, but he's grabbed by the legs and he's pulled out of frame. Uh oh. What a horrible way to go as you're trying to take a shit. Yeah. Horrible way to go. Disgusting. <laughs> it's the next day, and Evan sees that Mike's car is here already in the parking lot, and he goes over to Frank at the security desk, who calls him Colonel Sanders, because Evan's last name is Sanders. So, literally, you oh. don't... He, they say it one time as, like, Evan Sanders, blah, blah, blah. But then when this guy's like, hey, Colonel Sanders, you've already forgotten this. So you're like, why is this man just saying... That you explaining to me to this to me now, I literally have it later in my notes. Why do they call him this? I have discovered it now. Thank you so much, Eileen. I had you're no very clue. welcome. So he's like Colonel Sanders, uh, <laughs> and Evan asks him, "Hey, is Mike already here? He usually doesn't come in this early." And Frank tells him, "No, that he's he unlocked the doors at six a.m. and no unfamiliars have penetrated his perimeter." So he goes back to chugging his Red Bull, like a giant Ooh, Red Bull. Heart palpitations. Bro, serious. Upstairs in the cubicle cul-de-sac, Evan is shocked to see that Tim is already there. And he says that Max called him in early and Tim is pretty upset about it. He was like, dude, I've been looking forward to you, Evan, being the boss because I would have gotten away with everything if that was true. Having my best friend as the boss, like, that would have been the best. Also, BT dubs, and Tim pulls out from under the desk the box of Evan's shit that came out of his office the other day, and Tim tells him that this is now his desk, but also it's still the photo printer's desk, so he has to share his desk with a printer. With the photo printer. That's a bummer. 
There was something in this scene that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. which was so Tim Chloe Feynman is very like <laughs> down in the dumps. Yeah. And Evan Fran Evan Fran Kranz. Franz yes. Kranz. Yeah. Fran well, is like kind of lightly poking fun at him and is like, oh, you're the real victim here, dude, making fun. And Tim Chloe Feynman goes, I know. And I actually found it really funny. And one of the few moments of of like being in on the actual joke of like poor me blonde fucking white dude with a job oh i'm so sad to be here so early in the morning and i was like that i didn't mind you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like calling themselves out a little bit yeah so thank you for that moment (laughs) (laughs) movie (laughs) grounding in reality yes for the briefest moment So poor Evan heads over to the bathroom and guess what he finds? You're right. It's Mike with his throat fucking ripped open. This looks good. Whoa. Yeah. Looks great. Pretty good. Dead on the toilet. Throat abierto. Blood everywhere. And fucking Evan loses his shit. He's like, holy fucking A. Screams fuck, fuck, (laughs) fuck, fuck. And he goes running to uh, Ted's office where Max is there already, and he's like, oh my god, fucking Mike is dead. I went to the bathroom. I was gonna get, have a, take a shit, but I couldn't because Max, not Max, Mike is dead in there, and Max is like, okay, Ted, call security. So we see Frank arrive, and they all go to the bathroom to discover that Mike is not there. <gasps> and Evan is like, hold on, wait, no, 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 the stall was a disaster, and Mike was like, eaten and dead on the toilet and Max condescendingly is like this isn't a way for you to stall for the phallocyte presentation right because it's tomorrow mm-hmm. and Evan still freaking out is like you know, I, I, it's going to be ready but my friend I found him dead but it, a phallocyte will be fine everyone leaves except for Frank who asks Evan permission to speak freely and Evan still freaking out is like yeah dude what the fuck and Frank says you were right someone drew first blood and he lifts his finger and we see blood on his finger that he found on the ground Hmm. Evan goes over to Amanda's office and he closes the door behind him and he tells her that he found Mike dead in the bathroom but when they went to look the body was gone and Amanda's like I don't want to talk to you. I said I loved you to you, and you said no. I'm not trying to engage. And she's like, also, what the fuck are you talking about? Did anybody else see this? It's Mike. It's probably him playing a joke on you because he's a fucking asshole, remember? Either way, you have bigger fish to fry because Max is cleaning house in the fucking office. And Evan takes a minute where he's like, I'm an idiot. Mike totally fucked with me and that was a joke. And shit, I have to nail this presentation about the phalluses. (laughs) (laughs) You better nail that presentation about the phalluses. You nail it. (laughs) Listen, nail it good. (laughs) On the office floor... Andrew and Tim are doing a juggling act, it seems, with office what supplies. What is this? Like, hup, 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 h
all the while while Dave asks them if they ever do any work. Sweet Dave, nerd glasses, who does all the pools. Cuando suddenly sale el Max and he's like, hey, you, you're Dave, right? You do the office pools, all the sports stuff. That's very cool. And Dave, nerd, is like, well, you know, it takes a lot of time. My cat has diabetes. He says it like that, which <laughs> I was like. Diabetes. Diabetes. My cat has diabetes. And Max is like, that's all great. Come with me into my man cave. And we're going to uh. chat about all these sports things. And you can give me tips and tricks and whatever. So off the two of them go into Max's office. Andrew and Tim go back to their juggling and Evan looking distressed about losing his job and everything else that's happened to him today comes in to sit on his shared desk with the printer. Cuando de repente está el Dave de nuevo. But Dave looks different. He's pale. The glasses are gone. And he is way more serious about getting his money for the pools. He's like, where mm -hmm. are my 20 fucking bucks? Evan, who needs these sales numbers to do the phallus presentation, knows that Mike has the numbers that he needs in his computer. But when he goes to check, the computer is password protected. So he calls in a favor from Zabeth up in the front of the reception. And because she's crushing on him so hard, she's like, oh, my God, anything you need, whatever you need, anything. And he's like, could you go downstairs to the basement and grab those like hard, hard copy files for me of those numbers? And she's like, yes, absolutely. Anything you want. In the basement, Zabeth searches for these files for Evan, but she keeps hearing something. She's like, who's who mm. is out? Here, Cuando grab somebody attacks Zabeth and she screams and screams and screams, papers flying everywhere. But back upstairs, Evan is begging Andrew, please stay late at work. Please, we need to work on the phallocyte numbers. We, please, I'll do anything. You can have all the phallocyte that you could think of for free. Which Andrew jumps right on top of that. He's like, hell yeah, dick pills, sure. Turn my dick green, why not? Great. And Evan turns to ask Tim, but <laughs> but he's too busy looking like Chloe Fineman from SNL and also going to Kelly Clarkson tonight. He's going to go yeah. see the queen herself to belt some jams. This is Have 2015, uh -huh. what's her songs? Well, they mentioned the song Walk Away, which right. I actually really love that song. That was one of my jams back in the day. Um, but that's definitely not 2015. This was no. more close closer to um I can't what is that song? Uh, when over you. What's that fucking song? I can't get over there was one more like really poppy song. It was like a dance pop song. God damn. Oh, uh, I'm that is <laughs> You literally <laughs> were just singing it. Fucking A. Yes. People are like screaming at us. It's that yeah, fucking that, pop song. It's that one Kelly Clarkson song that was like, yeah. I, 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 my life would suck without you. Is it. that Kelly Clarkson or, or Pink? That's Kelly it's Clarkson. It's Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Which also, also kind of like spot on for a movie my life would suck oh okay oh mm, they should have said that anyways now we're in the break room and tim has blown up his burrito in the microwave <laughs> and he says 
this is a convection oven, right? And I laughed very hard at this. (laughs) (laughs) Tim is kind of funny. So this is Chloe Fineman, right? He's this is Chloe Fineman. Look, he's got some funny lines. He's got some funny lines here and there. He delivers some stuff here. Yeah. This this convection oven line really got me. I was like, hilarious. (laughs) A microwave and a convection oven. God bless. Yeah, yeah. So as he's standing there upset about his blown up burrito, Amanda is at the table and she's eating her salad. And Tim asks her, when are you going to fucking finish? Like, stop punishing Evan for the mistake that he made. And Amanda says, you know what, Tim, you're right. He did make a mistake and he hurt my feelings a lot. It's not like I was expecting a proposal and it took a lot for me to say that out loud also. And she wasn't expecting him to say it right back at her anyways. But no, no is pretty horrible. It would have hurt less if he had said nothing at all. And then the camera pans past her and we see that Evan has been standing there the whole time listening Mm -hmm. to everything. And Amanda's like, oh, shit. So she grabs her stuff. She leaves the break room only to run into Zabeth outside, who's looking very different now. Her hair is big and curly. She's got big red lips. And she stops Amanda and she's like all sensual with her. Oh, and she, my. And she says, Evan doesn't deserve you. Maybe all you need is a woman's douse. Did you notice douche. the way she says? A woman's douche. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I do need a woman's Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> my god oh no and <laughs> and amanda's like thanks aren't you supposed to be answering the phones uh this is very weird and zabeth is yeah. like i like your dress and leaves okay great tim talks on his madonna mic when his wa- when his wristwatch beeps it's 5 p.m it's quitting time, baby. He could not have gotten up faster. Oh, I respected this move, mm-hmm. honestly, because I was like, this is a person who knows, like, you hired me from 9 to 5. It is 5 p.m. Fuck you. I'm not staying late. I'm These are my hours. May boy. Mm-hmm. Respect boy. it. Absolutely. Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, he's a terrible, there. terrible employee, but I was still like, respect it. Cool. That's fine. Right. And everybody else in this cubicle uh, cul-de-sac also starts getting up. There's a girl who literally, from the start of this scene, has her head on her desk. Like, she's Uh. just, like, head on the desk asleep. I I was like, okay. Uh. So everyone gets up and starts heading out, leaving behind Evan and Andrew, who have to work on the phallocyte presentation. So they work and work into the night. But it turns out that Zabeth didn't bring up some of the files that Evan needed. So Evan asks Andrew to go back downstairs to the basement to grab the rest of the files, which he does. And Evan, now alone, peeks over at his old office, which he still happens to have keys to. And he decides, oh, I'm just going to go see what's going on in there now that Max has taken over. Downstairs, Andrew gets spooked by Zabeth. What's she doing down here? Well. 
she was waiting for Evan, but she slinkily approaches Andrew saying, you know, I always had a thing for you. And Andrew says, really? Because I always thought you wanted me to die in a car fire. She's like, How? no, why would I say that? No. And he's like, well, because one day you literally said to me, go die in a car fire. <laughs> I can understand why she would say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why she would say that to him. Yeah. But she pulls him close and she says she was just wasting her time pining over Evan, but he's just that. A waste. Upstairs in Max's office, Evan finds a bunch of employee files. The first one is Mike, and there's a huge X over his picture. And then it's Amanda, and she's got a circle over her picture. Hmm. And then there's Tim also a circle. And then there's Evan's own file there, but this his doesn't have a circle or an X. Hmm. But then we see that the next file is Ted, and Ted has an X over him. And this excites Evan. He's like, yes, I got something on fucking Max, and I'm going to take this to Ted. Back downstairs in the basement, Andrew is feeling kind of weird about Zabeth being all over him. He's like, Evan's my friend, and and I don't want to be a dick. Pero la Zabeth grabs his hands and puts them on her boobs. And that, of course, quickly changes his mind. And he's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I, I'm down. So she throws him on the table. And he says to her, what do you do, Pilates? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And she mounts him. And he warns her about any discoloration issues in his mm. uh, penis. Phallocyte. The phallocyte. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Phallocyte. <laughs> Zabeth strips off her office clothing and Andrew says, I have severely underestimated the versatility of Ann Taylor Loft. I'll oh. tell you, I that line I enjoyed. I it's laughed. funny. It's funny. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you, Andrew, you fucking douche. Back upstairs, Evan finds Zabeth's file, and there's a circle on her, and then Dave's, also a circle. Let's go back downstairs. Zabeth has thrown Andrew at the wall, and he's like, whoa, 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 I've been to these women's defense classes, and they teach some nasty shit, and I know that you have to foot stomp, eye gouge, and crotch kick, which gives Zabeth a great idea where she responds, Excellent suggestion. And she swiftly kicks him in the dick. Ooh. And Zabeth approaches him, slams him against another wall. She digs her heel into his ankle. I'm pretty sure breaking his foot. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's what it looked like. We head back upstairs very quickly where Evan sees the Andrew's file. And Andrew has a big circle over it, but also a check mark inside. And this confuses Evan. But he still is like, I got to tell Ted all about this. Back downstairs, Zabeth has turned into a full demon face vampire, veiny teeth, crazy eyes. Yeah, straight up Buffy. This is a Buffy vampire all the way. Yeah. And she bites down onto Andrew's neck. Uh Mm Uh-oh. 
Evan leaves Max's office and discovers Andrew. He comes back into the office and he's not doing hot. He falls over to the ground. He's got two big fucking bite marks in his neck. And right before he falls over, Andrew tells Evan, run. And fucking Evan's like, you don't got to tell me twice. And he does. And he he runs and hides underneath a desk. He throws a mug to distract the person that's like following him. And then he goes to run to the other door to exit, but someone else comes in there and that person pulls the doorknob off of it. And Evan says to himself, who the fuck is going to be doing this? Like I'm being chased. Fucking Andrew just got killed somehow. And it dawns on him. It's Max. And one of the people that's searching for him, we see this like close up of their face turning and sniffing at the air. And Evan takes this chance to run and hide into the supply closet. In there, he calls Amanda and he tells her, I just saw Andrew get fucking killed. And I think that they're after me, too. And they're going to fucking kill me. And I'm pretty sure it's fucking Max. And on the other line, we hear, oh, buddy, that hurts my feelings. Oh, boy. It's Max. And he has answered Amanda's phone, which I would be like, don't answer my phone. No, no. I don't Please care don't. if you're my boss. Is he is sales manager above HR? I have absolutely no idea, <laughs> but I don't care that you're fucking handsome as fuck. No, don't don't, don't answer, answer my, phone. my phone. No. So Max is over at Amanda's house and he says, oh, I just devoured Amanda Zasabuco. <laughs> I love this. He said he goes, I just devoured her fabulous Asabuko. <laughs> I love this line so much. <laughs> uh, uh. And on the others on the other end of the line, Evan in the supply closet, somebody is outside like smashing on the door trying to get in, banging banging banging. And Evan grabs a mop and he's like trying to like defend himself with it like holding it up as Max says, "Oh, is that banging I hear?" On your end, I mean, there's no banging happening here yet. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all a play to rattle Evan because Amanda hasn't heard any of this. She's actually in the kitchen washing dishes. Like, there's no sexual energy here at all. He's just trying to rile up Evan on the other line. Max hangs up and Evan is left with his mop as somebody keeps knocking on the door. And we go back to see that Max tries to saddle up next to Amanda and Mm -hmm. they're there to look at files and do work stuff. And he's like, oh, you have beautiful eyes or whatever. Mm. And she's like, yeah, we maybe need to work on this, I think. And they do. She doesn't really fall for his charms. There's no hypnotizing or anything this time around. It's the next day. And Evan has fallen asleep in the supply closet, and he's awoken by Ted, Max, and Tim. And they ask him what the fuck is going on here, and Evan explains that he was working on the presentation, and oh shit, Andrew's dead. Pero aquí viene Andrew. Yeah. Mm. Dead tired from working all night. But the thing is, Andrew looks different. Mm-hmm. Paler. The hair is combed over and gelled. He's like put together and not like a slob. 
And Evan is baffled. Ted is all about this new Andrew, though. He's like, oh, my God, you're doing. Thank you so much for taking this the charge of this presentation. You can run the presentation today. And Ted is about to fire Evan when Max steps in and he's like, you know what? Andrew did finish the job, but Evan laid the groundwork. So let's give him a pass right now. Back out in the cubicle cul-de-sac. Tim Chloe Feynman is trying to sell Abinatrix to someone and Evan comes in continuously baffled. And he's like, I know I didn't imagine all that shit last night. And why didn't Max save my job? And Tim agrees. He's like, you know what? Weird that he saved your job, dude. But also, at least he didn't turn you into a fucking vampire like everyone else. And Evan's like, what the fuck? Excuse me? Mm -hmm. And he hangs up Tim's call, which he says, hey, man, that was my mom. I was going to make my first sale. (laughs) Tim, you idiot. Uh, Uh, I think Tim's growing on me, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so Tim tells Evan about all the weird shit that he's been seeing lately. And we get a flashback of him back in the car eating his sandwich, what we saw earlier when Jack the intern was killed. So we flash back forward to Tim and Evan standing over this shoe that has blood on it in the parking lot. And Evan's like, dude, this is your fucking evidence. It's a shoe. And Tim is like, yeah, well, there's also. And then cut to another flashback of Dave and Zabeth fucking in the basement. Whoa. I guess. Whoa. <laughs> and the camera pans and Tim is in the corner eating a sandwich like grossed out by them fucking he's like uh okay and then we flash to another closet where elaine is smelling pine salt did you see this no i didn't a huge jug of pine salt and she's like taking the top off and like taking a whiff i was like i did not notice that elaine all are you okay no clearly not clearly not so She's sniffing the pine saw when Max comes up behind her and he grabs her and he says, I want you. And he turns Elaine and Elaine is overcome because Mm. and and I'll tell you this before Justina sent this to us. I saw this clip on TikTok where some Uh horny teen was like, holy shit, look at how he comes up to this lady and says, I want you and blah, blah, blah. And out of context, it was very hot. Because oh, it's sure, yeah. Pedro Pascal doing that. Yeah. But then watching it in the movie, I was like. <laughs> yeah. Don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. But Elaine is verklempt because, holy shit, her boss is not only all up in her business, it's Pedro Pascal, and uh, he grabs her face, he turns it, and she's like, I, I'm a virgin. And he says, you all are before revealing his fangs. I didn't understand this. Uh huh. What? Uh huh. I'm a virgin. You all are v- virgins to being vampiros. Maybe. Maybe. Virgins to death. I don't know. I virgins didn't like this. This. De- uh, vir- I'm a virgin to death. I, this. This storyline of like. A bigger gal being, you know, a virgin in her like forties. I was like, y'all no. sniffing pine saw in the sniffing fucking pine closet. Saw, nah, doesn't work. I it's agree. Not funny. Yeah. I agree. So Max reveals his fangs and takes a big old chomp 
in Elaine's neck. Her noises are but, funny, though. Oh, She's she like, loves it. She is into <laughs> it. Elaine is Elaine, like, oh! She's like, oh, oh, that hurts. Oh, whoa. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was funny, Elaine. I liked yeah. it. And then as she's, like, both ha- loving and hating what's happening, the camera pans over and we see Chloe Fineman eating a sandwich in the corner. Loves Jesus. a sandwich. So we're back to real time and Tim says, so... Since I saw Max turn Elaine into a vampire, I assume he is also a vampire and not only just a vampire, the head vampire. And Evan is like, that's only logical. And we hear another voice say, logical? (laughs) And it turns out that these two are in Amanda's office saying this to her. (laughs) And Amanda's like, you two idiots are fucking idiots. I'm over the both of you. you. Evan, you are an immature dumbass. You're committing career suicide to impress me. And that's weird and lame. And Evan is like, no, I'm stopping career homicide. And Tim's all, yeah, high yeah. five, dude. <laughs> yeah. I just came up with it. I just came up with it. Yeah, I just came up with it. Just like that on the fly. So Amanda completely over these two gets up and she's like, I got to go to the phallocyte presentation and Evan stops her. And he's like, please, you have to believe me. I know it sounds fucking crazy. I love you. And then Tim brings in his little face and he's like, Oh my God. And then Amanda says, no. Ooh, girl. I, okay. Tim is growing on me too. Cause Weird, when at he, the end of this, it's going to be a Tim fan club. <laughs> like when Tim, I actually laughed quite heartily at this moment where like his little mustache his little face, face appears like, he said he loves you. Oh my God. What do you oh think? My God. You, yay. He what did it. I, I was like, that's fucking funny. It, <laughs> it was, was good. Very, it, it was, was well done too. You know, oh, so, dude, good job, Tim. Way to go, Tim. So Amanda leaves, but Evan is hell-bent. He will not allow the woman he loves to be turned into a vampire. So they head out to the main floor, and they see the rest of their coworkers, and they're like, oh, things are different here. The floor is darker. Everybody looks crazy different. It's colder in here, and we know this because Tim's nipples are pointing over his shirt, out of his shirt, basically. (sighs) Tim, your nipples. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Evan suggests they finally call the cops. But Tim smartly, for the first time, says, well, how can we say that these people are dead if they're here? They're like, here. We don't have any evidence. And not only that, they're working. They're here and they're working. And Dave passes by them and he goes over to a whiteboard to put a mark down for one of his sales where Tim looks and he's like, holy shit, Andrew has 14 sales today. (laughs) So Evan says, listen, there's still time. We have to get Amanda and get the fuck out of here because everybody here has been turned. And Tim says, hold on, not everyone. And we cut to Frank, the security guy, sniffing a marker. (laughs) Sure. Okay, Evan and Tim run in and they're like, dude, we need your help. This is going to sound insane. But the entire office is turned into and Frank cuts him off. Vampires. Affirmative, sir. 
And we're back into the flashbacks of Tim's that we saw earlier in his car eating his sandwich. Shoe lands on the hood. The camera pans over and we see Frank is sitting in his passenger seat fucking downing a Red Bull. And then we go to the basement where Dave and Zabeth are fucking hardcore and Tim is eating his sandwich in the corner and the camera pans again. And Frank is also there in the corner watching them fuck drinking his Red Bull. And then you guessed it, while Max is eating Elaine's neck, Frank hands Tim a napkin because he dropped some of his sandwich on his pants. And he's also drinking a Red Bull. I liked this reveal of Frank being there at, at all the Me things. Too. Actually, I liked the Frank character. I thought he was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so this was this was clever. I liked it. I laughed. I thought it was funny. So did I. Oh no, yeah. Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Back in real time, Tim says, you know, Frank and I hang out a bunch, actually. Uh yeah, Frank's we went cool. to the Kelly Clarkson concert <laughs> together. <laughs> So they decide we got to get back up to the office, get Amanda and get the fuck out of there. But we have to arm ourselves. And Frank is absolutely ready for this. As they go down the elevator, they discuss what kills vampires. Okay, we have stakes, anything wooden to jam into their hearts. A blade also works. Decapitations work too. Frank knows all about this because he has Wikipedia'd it. Also, sunlight kills them, but this office building is made specifically to have very little sunlight. So even though it's during the day, there's so little sunlight here to keep the workers doing their worker shit that the vampires are totally chilled to hang out during the day, which is fucked. Uh, This, whoa, okay, so that, I was like, that is depressing and real. Yes. And I actually was like, you know what? This is a, this is an interesting take on, you know, the whole, like, office life, or just, you know, basically the undead day by day. Drones. You know, yes, like, just going through the motions, basically. So I was like, okay. I see what you're doing here, blood-sucking bastards, where you're like, it's your take on that just told through this, like, vampire story. Which I was like, an interesting take. Cool. Yeah. Fine. Why not? You know? They get to Frank's car, but when they open it up, they see it's just a bunch of Red Bull. The weapons are all gone. And then suddenly behind them, Jerry the janitor appears and scaring the shit out of them. And Evan again is like trying to calmly explain, listen, the whole entire office has been turned into and Jerry the janitor cuts him off vampires. And Jerry grabs Frank suddenly and chucks him to the side because turns out Jerry the janitor is a vampire too. Pero de repente sale el Frank back up and he stakes Jerry in the heart and he says, always keep a provisional weapon on your person. And Evan says, where was this provisional uh, weapon? And Frank says, in my at, and then splat. Jerry blows up into it's just like a bag of blood but like a human sized bag of blood explodes falling on top of all three of these dudes covering them so i didn't catch the in my ass i just heard in my and i was like in his ass is that what we're saying here yeah, that frank is just absolutely care- in his his ass. provisions are in his ass his provisions are in his ass 
His provisions are in his ass. Okay, <laughs> Here, this is, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. His provisions yeah. are there. They're in his ass. Okay, it's Listen, fine. Great. Carry your steaks in your butthole like your, everybody else, in, Johnny. In your ass. <laughs> God. Uh, and then again, I'm reminded why I'm like, okay, this movie. No, uh-huh. no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least now that they know that these vampires can die, so all they have to do is find more weapons. So these three dummies head over to the elevator area, but not before they run into Stu Mocker himself, Matthew Lillard. I was like, <laughs> what? what's happening? What's I was happening? so confused. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? He turns and he says, oh, hi, um, we're part of the Phallocyte fa- company and we have a four o'clock meeting. So Matthew Lillard is Phallocyte. Phallocyte. Very gracious of you, Matthew Lillard, to show up for just a wee for cameo. For 15 seconds, because literally he says, we have a four o'clock meeting and Evan is like, meetings canceled. And they walk right past them and Matthew literally is like, yeah, let's go. Because remember, these three are covered in blood. Yeah, right. T to B, covered in blood. Yep. So that great to see you, Matthew Lillard. We will e- never adios. see him again. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> they go into the supply closet and we have this montage of them making weapons. Fucking Frank breaks broom handles and mop handles. Tim pulls out some tiny paper scissors and he's like, snapping them together like an alligator. Evan pulls the blade from the paper cutter because we all know it's the most frightening office tool that there is. <laughs> Tim sharpens a pencil. Damn. I, I like this little moment here. Yeah, it was this cute. kind of what do you like a montage, I guess it's a basically. Montage, yeah. I was like, you're giving us more office supply weapons than the fucking Belco experiments. True. Yes. You know? So yeah. I I appreciated this. Totally. Frank pours something from a flask into three mugs and the three of them cheers. Today we become men, Frank says. And Evan says, or vampires. And Tim says, or dead. They cheers. They drink. It's bull piss. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's bull piss. Okay. Literally, Frank goes, it's bull piss. I was like, Like, really? What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i didn't i didn't know oh i don't i don't know i def i definitely do not know <laughs> this is where i wrote colonel sanders why because he's a chicken i <laughs> guy literally wrote like because he's, he's a, a chicken. chicken like because he's like because he's like he's, he's not chicken. brave because he's a chicken oh my god that is literally my note right here oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So our three dudes quietly walk back into the office. Pero inmediatamente, Elizabeth sees them, and suddenly the whole office, all fully vampired out now. Their faces, their teeth, their fangs, everything. They all start surrounding them and basically herding these three dudes into Ted's office, where Max, Amanda, and Andrew are all waiting for the phallus people to come. Phallus, apologize. <laughs> people i this was where i was like oh some of this makeup is kind of cool this is yes. where you you see more of it and you're like oh i like it you, y'all did a good job yeah you know? absolutely 
Evan tells Ted, hey, Max is a vampire. He's turning all of your employees into the into vampires, down from the janitor up to wherever he wants to go. And Ted says, yeah, I know they're vampires. I track our paper clips. You think I wouldn't notice a vampire takeover of our company? And Amanda is now the one that's baffled. She's like, excuse me, huh? And Ted reveals that he did this intentionally, that corporate was going to shut the entire branch down, and Max had presented a bunch of very good alternatives for this. And then Max reveals that after being kicked out of college for Evan's fault, which is fucked up, I think, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the only school that would take him in was in Romania. And they had a unique MBA program, if you will. Mm. And Ted says all the employees were slacking really hard, playing video games, watching porn, doing all kinds of shitty shit in in office hours that he knew about. And at least now we have a future. And Evan points out, huh, funny you say we because Max was totally going to eat you. And Ted is like, I knew he was saving me for last. We were going to light candles. It was going to be something nice. Okay. Stupid. So stupid. I will say I did like throughout the film of people being like, yeah, vampires. I know. I like that. I thought it was funny. Yeah. But as Ted is saying, yeah, I knew that I was going to get turned. Max's face is kind of grimacing like, ooh, this is not good. And Ted looks over and it dawns on Ted. You were going to force me out? Now, if you remember in the files, Ted didn't have a circle. Ted had an X Uh, on it. Right, yeah, an X. Which means Mm -hmm. dead. Comido, basically. Yeah, right, right. Yes, your food. And Max is like trying to go over to Ted to be like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry with his hands extended out. But instead of saying, oh, honey, I'm so sorry, he grabs Ted by the face and cracks his neck, killing him. Amanda, completely shocked, is like, what the fuck is going on? No, this can't happen. And Max is like, Amanda, you got to fix your stubbornness if you want to be part of the team. And Evan says, fuck your team. We are getting out of here Un-undead. Frank hands Amanda a broken broom handle and Max says, okay, no worries. Yeah, I get it. Y'all can go. So Frank, Tim, Amanda, and Evan are like, oh, cool. He's letting us go. Sweet. So they start to like scoot on out of there. But the entire vampire office is outside waiting for them. Hello. And Tim turns to Dave and says, good luck getting your 20 bucks now. And that Sets off the vampire fight. Dave attacks. We're punching. We're fighting. We're staking. Evan smashes the paper cutter blade into someone's head. But Frank is like, no, you got to take it off. Decapitate. Zabeth pulls at Amanda's hair and they're fighting and punching. Lots of like arm smashes in people's necks. Evan tries to pull the blade out of that dude's skull, and when he finally does, he swipes it across somebody else's head, decapitating that vampire, and then suddenly, splooge, that vampire explodes. The (laughs) the phallocyte, brought to you by phallocyte. So this vampire bag explodes all over people. 
Dave throws Tim through a wall. Zabeth gets staked by a- Amanda and she explodes. Frank stakes Elaine and she explodes. This whole time, while this vampire fight is happening, Max and Andrew are standing there watching them, like managing, basically. Yeah. We're talking- like, Max is like, Try, like teaching him the ways yes. of management. They're discussing management tips and, and Andrew's yeah. like, so what do you think would be better in this situation to make your workers do this? And I was like, this was fuck? funny and irritating at the same time. I'll yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, yeah, yeah. I get it, you know? Yeah. Amanda and Evan at one point join first forces and do kind of like a twirl to a stake kind of thing. And Amanda's like, why don't we ever go dancing? And Evan says, Monday night is salsa night at Vita Loca. And I was like, (sighs) (laughs) but luckily a vampire explodes right in between them, covering them in blood. And I was like, "Okay, I'm over it. Yeah, let's keep moving. Dave is about to kill Tim, who's protecting himself with a cross made out of his sharpened pencils. When splat, a file cabinet comes out of nowhere and smashes Dave against the wall. And who threw that file cabinet? It was fucking (gasps) Andrew. Oh, shit. And Tim says, I knew you were a good vampire. (laughs) Andrew says, no, I just always hated Dave. Sure. Makes sense. Evan, Amanda, and Frank have killed all the vamps on the floor. And they're feeling pretty confident about themselves. And Max, smugly, is like, now you know I wouldn't attempt a corporate takeover without talking to legal first. And ding! The elevator doors open and a bunch of lawyer vampires come piling out of it. And Max tries to hypnotize Amanda again into his office. Max says to Evan, remember when I did this with your girlfriend in college, but I didn't have any supernatural powers? (laughs) And he closes the door (laughs) in front of Evan. While this is happening, Tim and Andrew are back to their juggling at, but they're discussing, they're going back and forth on reasons why Tim should stay alive and not be turned and why Andrew should turn Tim. And they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to die. And Andrew's like, yeah, okay, I get it. And, and then Tim is like, but maybe you can just eat a bunch of raccoons all the time. And Andrew's like, nah, I don't know if I, that will work for me. So they're like negotiating right. what they should do. With their candy bars. With their candy bar juggling now. Unfortunately, Frank decides to sacrifice himself into the pile of lawyers that are coming in to eat them. And he says, Evan, kill your boss and get your girl, dude. And Frank goes down like the badass that he is. Evan storms into Ted, now Max's office, and tells Max, enough with this lame management practices shit that you're doing. Let's get over this. Max asks Evan if he remembers what he said on their first day of what they sell here. And Evan says, dreams? And Max says, that was bullshit. We sell fear. And he takes his blazer off and his cufflinks off as he explains that their customers are afraid that life is passing them by. And that's why Evan is perfect for this place. Because you are a coward, Evan. 
You are afraid to tell Amanda you love her because you work together and she makes more money than you. Your boss passes you over and gives your job to the guy you hate the most in the world and you don't say a fucking thing. All this time, Amanda is like sneaking up to him and she goes to try and attack Max, but he grabs her by the neck and throws her at the wall. Evan lunges to try and stop Max, but he grabs Evan and slams him onto the other wall and he pulls him close and says, I am not going to turn you so that you can be alive in this shitty job for the rest of your life until you die. And I'll stay young with the woman that you love immortal by my side. And Amanda on the ground is like, I'd rather fucking die first than that. And Max goes up to her and is about to do exactly that. When she throat punches him and Evan slashes him in the leg with the paper cutter blade and Amanda smashes a fucking frame on him. And then Max turns into full demon vampire. Like he is even the sounds he's making are like distorted and crazy sounding. I was I was glad that we got to see Pedro Pascal in vamp full vampire form. Full vampire. It's not it's not great, but I was like. You know, it's fun to see him in this, yeah, though. totally. Evan and Amanda both attack Max, and they're punching and fighting him, and there's two against one, but, you know, he's a vampire, so he's pretty fucking strong. And then, until finally, with a swift move, Evan smashes the blade into Max's head, and Amanda says, You want this job? Then take it. And she stakes him with a piece of wood, And Evan says, die, you blood-sucking bastard, and pushes the stake deeper inside of him. And they all stand there and a giant blood bag explosion. Also, got to say it, title of our film, just thrown in. (laughs) Yeah, love to hear it. Yep. We get a blackout. Tim Chloe Fineman stands outside the office. The windows are literally like red. It looks like curtains. That's how covered they are with blood. All of Max's blood. And we're back to the first shot of the film. Well, this is pretty much the grossest thing I've ever seen. He opens the door and inside Evan and Amanda are making out incredibly furiously covered in blood, like worse than before. It's T to B. They separate and the blood is in their mouths. All right. Pretty fucking gross. I'll agree with Tim. You know, Chloe Feynman. Tim Tim Chloe Feynman says, I stand corrected. This is the grossest (laughs) fucking thing I've ever seen. So Tim tells them, hey, guys, no more vamps. And right as he says that, his wristwatch beeps. It's 5 p.m., end of the workday. The three of them walk out as the office cleaner comes in and she heads upstairs. Tim and Amanda and Evan, they walk outside. The sun is setting and they're trying to decide what to have for dinner as they walk into the sunset. But back in the office, (gasps) we see that the office cleaner enters the most disgusting mess that there's ever been. 
she quietly says to herself, Bastardos. <laughs> Eat chomp! Andrew's still here! Welcome to the team, he says. My office in 10. <laughs> fin de la película. <laughs> okay, Andrew. My office in 10. Kiss my Jesus. ass. Uh, great job. You know what? Honestly, as I watched this movie, I was like, oh, God. But that was actually quite fun to go through with you. So uh, so nicely done. Thanks, dude. A treat. All right. Let's get into some trivia. Let's go. Okay, everybody, this is my trivia for today. First of all, I just very quickly wanted to mention that on the IMDb trivia page for Mm -hmm. Bloodsucking Bastards, it says this. There are a lot of jokes going on in the background. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the trivia for this movie, according to IMDb, and that is a fact. There are a lot of jokes going on in the background. Yep. All right, we got to do it. Let's talk about Pedro Pascal. This is his Wikipedia. So here we go, everybody. Jose Pedro Balmaceda Pascal was born in Santiago, Chile on April 2nd, 1975. Aries. Aries. He is the son of child psychologist Veronica Pascal Ureta and fertility doctor Jose Balmaceda Riera. Wow. He has an older sister named Javiera, a younger brother named Nicolás, and a younger sister named Lux, who is an actress and transgender activist. Mm-hmm. His mother was the cousin of Andrés Pascal Allende, the nephew <gasps> of socialist Chilean president Salvador, Salvador Allende. Allende. He's the one yeah. that got the one the president Ousted. that got killed in office when uh, the not, mil- re- yes the yeah. military took over. Yeah. I didn't know that. Holy shit. Dude, I learned so much from this Wikipedia. No wonder they were exiled. Yeah. So Andres was an early leader of the movement of the revolutionary left, an urban guerrilla movement dedicated to the overthrow of the military dictatorship of Augusto Pinochet. Mm. According to Pascal, his parents were devout followers of Allende and active in resistance groups against the Pinochet dictatorship. Because of this, nine months after his birth, his family sought refuge in the Venezuelan embassy in Santiago and were later granted political asylum in Denmark. Wow. The family ultimately moved to the United States, where Pascal was raised in Orange County, California and San Antonio, Texas. By the time he was eight, his family was able to take regular trips back to Chile to visit his 34 cousins. (laughs) Love that. 34. Yeah. 34 cousins. Pascal was involved in competitive swimming during his early years and took part in the state championships in Texas at the age of 11, but stopped swimming competitively after getting into drama class. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking drama class ruining it for everybody. Well, no, mm-hmm. this worked out really well in his favor. This absolutely, absolutely worked out in his did. favor. He studied acting at the Orange County School of the Arts, graduating in 1993 before moving on to New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, where he graduated in 1997. Wow. Fancy pants. Yeah. 
His father was indicted by a federal grand jury in 1995 in relation to events at a fertility fertility clinic he ran with two other men. Uh-oh. His father, mother, ooh, and two youngest siblings thus returned to Chile. Pascal contends that his father did nothing wrong. His mother died by suicide in 1999. Oof. I knew none of this. I found out about none his mother's suicide, I think, last week. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's horrible. So, yes, it is. Following her death, he began using her surname professionally, both mm-hmm. in honor of her and because he said Americans had difficulty pronouncing the, the surname Balmaceda. Mm. So that's all I have on Pedro. Pero, you know, look, I mean, the man is prolific. I love, I looked through his his IMDb credits and it's just like incredible to see, first of all, like the amount of TV work that he did, like yeah. Buffy, Law and Order. I mean, NYPD Blue. All the shows. And it yeah. wasn't until later in his career that he, you know, started doing Not what close. I guess... Yeah, like Narcos happened, and then I think Game of Thrones was after that, Mm -hmm. and the man just, like, took off. But fellow actors of the world, like, you know, you just gotta fucking keep going, you know? Not even actors, like, just, like, artists of the world. Not that this is, like, you don't need this success in your life. Yeah. You know, we, we don't necessarily need this. I mean, the money would be nice. Lovely. Let's be real. <laughs> but, you know, if you are a creative person and you're committed to the craft, like even if you got to get a regular nine to five, like keep fucking going. Yeah. Make your art, whatever it is. I just I loved seeing his Wikipedia. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, his IMDb credits. I was just like, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and if you need to learn more about Pedro Pascal, he just did Hot Ones, which is, he's uh, incredibly charming in it. He's so, sure, yeah. so charming. And he talks about like his youth and all this stuff. Uh, and, and like, <laughs> I guess he really likes Captain Crunch uh, is something oh, I learned from great. that. Um, his sister is a producer and she went to the Oscars with him this year because she produced the Argentinian film. La película se llama Argentina 1985. Ah, okay. Check it out, y'all. And it was nominated for Best Foreign Film this year at the Oscars. So that's incredible. Not only did he go to the Oscars with his sister, but technically he's her date because she's the one that had a film in the running. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. I didn't I didn't think of that. I, I just want to mention very quickly here, too, just to talk about Lux Pascal, um, Pedro's sister, yeah. who is a transgender activist. And model. She went to, she went to Juilliard. These, I uh, mean, these this Pascalines, family? yeah. Mira, I mean, they are working they are working, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. And I just, you know, we when when mentioning Pedro Pascal, I think it's important to mention too, like how supportive he is of his trans Ugh. transgendered sister. You know, it's really lovely to see that, especially from a person of such high profile. Yeah, you know, um, and he's it's- constantly tweeting about it and like posting on his social media. When fucking Gina Carano was a piece of shit on Mandalorian, he was like. Um, right. not cool, bro. And he was like, yeah. I'm not in support of that at all. And yeah. was actively tweeting like 
pro-LGBTQ plus stuff because yes. there was such horrible shit coming from her fucking mouth. But I'm just, you know, speaking as a gay person, I'm just, I the, the LGBTQ plus support that he gives is mm -hmm. really, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, unless secretly he might be part of the community. Who knows? Uh, he is best friends with Sarah Paulson, who is listen, incredibly gay for older ladies. So... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you do whatever you want, Daddy, but uh, yeah. that's a little bit about Pedro Pascal. Bless and, uh, him. Everybody watch Last bless. of Us and The Mandalorian. It's such good TV. Yeah, I mean, if there. you think about it, it, he's mostly known for television things because yeah. like, he's been in a, in a handful of movies. And I mean, listen, the what is it called? The movie that he did with Nick Cage? The Unbearable... Weight like of talent or something? The, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. to see it in the movie theaters. It was he was just a delight and yes. uh, so great. A dream. But I'm sure things... he'll be getting a lot more film work coming up. You know. But I also love that he's like, I I'll do a fucking Star Wars TV show. I'll do a fucking <laughs> HBO series. Like I'll I do mean, another HBO series. Hell yeah! So make that money, Pedro. Keep your beautiful face on our screens, and yeah. we love you deeply. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. Now let's talk about Yvette Yates Reddick. This our is the other actress, Latina. The, yes. Who <laughs> I look. You see her, and I was like. Latina, uh -huh. you know, she has like the look, but also the line about mar uh, margaritas, whatever. Ugh. I was like, man, this must be here for a reason. So I looked up and was delighted to find out that she is actually Latina. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Yvette. This is uh, our actor who played Zabeth, which is also a name that I was like, is that short for Elizabeth? Never heard this name in my entire you life. You know what's hilarious? The woman that plays Elaine, her real name is Zabeth. Yes, I saw that in the credits. So they were just like, can we use your name for one I of our characters? If that was the yeah. case. Sure, Zabeth. So it says here that Yvette was born in El Paso, Texas, October 13th. It doesn't have a year. So oh, who knows how she is. She's a Libra. Being from a border town, she grew up both in El Paso and in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. She came to Los Angeles and attended UCLA, re receiving a BS in physiological science. Holy and shit. And was even published in the Journal of Molecular Immunology. Excuse me? Damn. Excuse me, bitch. Science. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> With a strong commitment to giving back, Yvette dedicates her time in between work to her, to her hometown of El Paso, Texas, and Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, where she participates in discussions in panels in high schools, synagogues, churches, theater groups, the El Paso Film Commission, community colleges, uh, classic film festivals, it says, all over the place. Wow. Yvette was honored by the mayor and city council of El Paso with a proclamation as a community ambassador naming September 26th, 2012 as Yvette Yates Day. Wow. <laughs> Which Holy is pretty shit. cool. Dang, yeah, girl. In 2008, Yvette was nominated for Best Actress in Film and Best Short at the 23rd Annual Imagen Awards and Malibu International Film Festival for her role as Lucena in the film Niña Quebrada. In May 2014, at the National Museum of Mexican Arts Gala de Arte, themed Sueños y Esperanzas, 
She served as co-MC of the evening with uh, co-host and ABC News primetime What Would You Do host, John Quinones. You know that show, What Would You Do in that situation? Yes, where they're where they're they're like we're at a we're at a a a McDonald's and a lady's gonna talk shittily to her kid and in front of other people. There are secret cameras filming, yeah. and it's like, what would you do? So uh-huh. she, Yvette, and John hosted this this uh, <laughs> Mexican art museum gala together. And cool. it says here that a live and silent auction helped the big ticket night raise more than $600,000 to support the museum's immersive collections of Mexican, Latino, and Chicano art, which Amazing. I thought was very cool. And that's a fuck that's ton a of money. That's a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah dude. So her father, Dr. Carlos A. Yates, was the president of Azteca Films, uh, which is the, it says here, Instituto Mexicano de de (laughs) (laughs) Cinematografía, which... Azteca films. We've we've done about some Azteca, Azteca films. films. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So her father, Dr. Carlos A. Yates, was the president of, president of Azteca films from 1986 to 1989, and this is part of the Instituto Mexicano de Cinematografía. And it says here that Yvette's paternal great grandparents, Solomon Yates and Sarah Powney, who were of Jewish ancestry and from Birmingham, Birmingham, England, migrated in later years to Yucatan, Mexico. Okay. uh, Which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, she's done some film work, definitely. Clearly, we literally just saw her in (laughs) a movie. (laughs) Yeah. But she's doing more production work. Her husband, Sean Reddick, is. He helped produce Get Out and Black Klansmen. Holy shit. Um, they co-produced, Yvette and her husband co-produced the Jamie Foxx star Day Shift for Netflix, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. another vampire, vampire movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I found this article from Deadline.com, which says it's just basically about this entertainment company, Ambitious Entertainment, that... Yvette is part of, and they got a $10 million grant, basically, to work on new projects. And she says here specifically, we'll be working closely with successful veterans of our industry, and a big part of our mandate is discovering and launching opportunities for new creators, writers, and directors, especially BIPOC talent, which I was like, yeah. good for you, girl. And nice. uh, that is my trivia for today. Way to go, girl. Way to be a badass lady in the biz. Yeah. And she was great in this movie. She was. I only have one little thing here. Uh, I'm going to talk about Dr. God, <laughs> which was the <laughs> thing that made us uncomfortable at the top. Yeah. But yep. um, I found an article by creativescreenwriting.com. Written by Ryan Gowland, September 7th, 2015, so a while ago. And uh, it says here, the comedy group Dr. God began as a team of improvisers assembled for a comedy improv show at Hollywood's I.O. West Theater. A very, very popular uh, improv theater. If you're in L.A., they have great shows there if you want to go see. 
I just got to say real quick, if y'all listeners don't know this already, Eileen is a comedy gal and she did UCB stuff back in the day. So she knows her shit. Just wanted to include that very quickly. Thank you so much uh, (laughs) for the support. I did belong to the now, I don't think it's defunct, but the for a while defunct cult, uh, the Upright (laughs) Citizens Brigade. Cult. It's it's very culty. Listen, sure. did I have an amazing time? Yes. Did I learn so much about comedy? Yes. Did I learn so much about improvising? Yes. Was it filled with toxic things and people? Yes. Oh, um, I was present for a lot of it. Got to see a lot of improv and I laughed heartily, but I also was allow- around uh, a lot of uh, straight yes. white dudes. So, yeah. Well, I was like, whoa, I feel uncomfortable here. Yeah. Whoa. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. Anyway, hey, (laughs) back to Dr. God. So Dr. God, uh, they would perform improv at Hollywood's I.O. West Theater. Two teams would perform, but only one team would return the following week based on an audience vote. Dr. God won that night and for the next 20 weeks straight. Seven years later, the members of Dr. God, which are Sean Cowhig, Neil Garguillo, Brian James O'Connell, David Park, and Justin Ware have become an L.A. improv institution to go along with their own TV show, AXS's Mock-Pocopolypse. Mock-Pocopolypse? Mock-Pocopolypse? Like Mock-Apocalypse? But there's no apoc. It's Mock-Pocalypse. 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 Jesus. We got there. Yeah. And their first feature, the horror comedy, Blood Sucking Bastards. Creativescreenwriting.com asks, Dr. God started out as an improv group. So when did you guys start trying to create movies and TV shows? Brian says, Matt Lillard is a close friend and he has been a guru and a rabbi for us. Oh, I see. Okay. He and Justin met when they were in New Orleans working on a movie called Pool Boys that Justin was a writer on. And so they just ended up hanging out a lot and becoming very good friends. We were on the road doing our show, Dr. God Revival. And while we were in San Francisco, we all rented a house. We had done our show and we were all hanging out in the kitchen. And Matt said, what do you guys want to do next? Is this it? Are you just going to be an improv group? What do you think you guys want? And we said, oh, we probably should think about that. And he said, you guys got a lot of talent and I really believe in you guys. And I think you guys can take the next step if you wanted to. And that next week we had a come to Jesus meeting and stopped having weekly improv rehearsals and started having weekly production meetings. So that's I mean, honestly, that's often what happens, what happened in the improv groups that I would see at UCB where these people would be like, we're improvising, we're improvising. Hey, how about we start writing together? Hey, how about we start making videos together? And that's the sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the vibe that goes creative screenwriting asks the movie uses nothing but practical effects, which I love. And Brian says, me too. I'm a big guy on practical. It looks better. It feels better. Agreed. Absolutely. But with such a short shoot, they shot it all in 18 days. Oof. Wow. How did you pull off practical effects? Practical effects actually ended up ending. 
ended up taking less time. It's like having good production sound. It saves you a lot of time and post trying to sweeten things and make it look good. And you're not going to have the money to pay for the special effects and post to make it look as good as you did if you did it in real time. Mark Villalobos, our special effects guys our special effects guy is great and he works fast and has been doing this stuff forever and since i grew up on these types of movies and loving practical and studying rick baker and tom savini he and i developed a pretty quick shorthand i just told him that what i was looking for and he would say oh i know exactly how to build that and i've done it hundreds of times and that's the end of my trivia (laughs) I love it. (laughs) How about I ask you some questions? Please do. Eileen, were you scared? No. No. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) What was your best scare? When Mike was in the toilet and all the lights go down and the first smash on the stall door and I was like, oh, shit, fuck. And what the fuck? So that was my no best shit, fear. fucking what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what was yours? Mine was not a moment that scared me. It was a moment that somebody else got sta- scared when Jack, the intern, screamed at the janitor <laughs> appearing. <laughs> I was like, oh god, that was hilarious. My favorite. So, so that's my best scare. Who was your favorite character? Jack the intern is who I wrote, but I'm going to go ahead and add as a post. We have talked about this film and have discovered new things while discussing. I'm going to add Tim Chloe Feynman to the list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have four (laughs) randomly. I kept adding them as we were going because I was Uh like, fine, sure. Throw them in there. But I included Max because it's Pedro Pascal, the reason we're here. So and I thought he did a great job. Of course, the intern who screams love top of my list. Jack, you're the best. I really enjoyed Frank. I I thought um, I thought that actor did a good job. I thought Frank was funny. And of course, Tim Chloe Feynman definitely grew on me, especially as we were going through going through this again. Tim Chloe Feynman, you were funny. (laughs) What was your best line? I have severely underestimated the versatility of Ann Taylor Loft. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And you? Ridiculous. I just devoured her. Fabulous Osabuco. <laughs> Fucking almost yeah, my Max. That's Max. Gonna take there was it. a bunch of other lines there too that I think throughout this episode we giggled at a whole bunch. Yeah. But that's the one I wrote down like yeah. after this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not gonna go through all the other ones that we tried. There to were other funny on, ones. But there too. were other and most yeah. of them, Tim Chloe Feynman. Yeah. There was a lesbian haircut one that I was like, I hate that I'm laughing at this right now, yeah. but I laughed. Oh, yeah, there was some funny oh, ones. Oh, also, in there. oh, I got to give a shout out to uh-huh. this is a convection oven, right? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. What was your best death? I'm going to give it to Dave getting smashed by the file cabinet against oh, sure, the yeah. wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Itu? Yeah. I gave it to the. Uh, the janitor being the first one who explodes. Yeah, 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 fun. You know, uh, Frank stakes him and then he explodes because we didn't know that was coming. So I was like, oh, the first, you know, vampire blood, blood bag, bag. Ex- explosion. So yeah. sure, that'll take it. 
Did you learn anything about the culture? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. Did I learn anything? I learned that. No, I did not. People go through a lot of paper clips, I guess. Uh, Yeah, I did not learn anything. And finally, how many ooze do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie two and a half. And it grew half whilst talking because it was originally two. But I'm choosing mm-hmm. to up it because the conversation really made me enjoy it a little bit more. Um, this isn't fantastic. I feel like it's something we've seen before, too, like in the vampire realm kind of vibe. Uh, the performances are OK. There's some giggles in there. You know what Would this would fall under, I think, in a, a category that we have uh, for Uikiorur? Play it in the background of your party. You know what I yeah. mean? Put it on yeah, mute and party. have some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have blood bags exploding and you don't have to like really pay attention to it. That's fine. Or like a cleaning movie. Like have it in the background as you're like sure. organizing. Sure. Kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Two and a half just for, do it for Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gave it to, I'll be <laughs> the one here who gives it to. Yeah. I, you know, even though I was like, I'm tired of this straight white male says blah, 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 blah. I know, okay, everybody's tired of people saying that shit, but I don't fucking care. But it wasn't as offensive as it could have been, I will say. Yeah. And some of the characters grew on me. Hello, Tim, with your gorgeous mustache. (laughs) Pedro Pascal was fun. You know, there was enough from, like, laughing throughout watching it originally re-watching it for the pod and then talking through it with you especially that i was like yeah you know what not necessarily my cup of tea wouldn't necessarily say that this movie is for me but you know agree it was fine i had fun too two ooze. great my wristwatch has beeped. It's 5 p.m. It's quitting time. The work day is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate every single one of you for working in our office with us. You can uh, please, if you can, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you find us in cualquier plataforma. Follow us on our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, you can find every single one of our movies on our link tree linktr.ee slash if you have suggestions if you have uh, term papers if you have funny <laughs> pictures send them mm-hmm. to our email at uikiorror at gmail.com join our Patreon we have a Patreon hey, and it's do. gonna be so filled with things so soon but please go to patreon.com slash and just See what you can see over there. Thank you to Sonoro for being the large bottle of pine saw we take deep, deep whiffs of. Ah. You can follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. And Johnny, if I were to pick between you and Pedro Pascal, it would be a tough decision to make. <laughs> But I would go with you. You're very, very sweet. And uh, I would do whatever I could in my power to get Pedro Pascal to join us in whatever we were doing anyway. Okay, great. As long as you're (laughs) okay with that, then we're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love you, dude. 
I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adiós. Adiós. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adiós. Adiós. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.